Hello. Hi, Andre. How are you today? We are back, witches. Um, oh, this is this is Sunny, by the way. This is yeah, Sunny. She had a voice change and also ethnicity change, so now she That's is right. Japanese. Um, yeah. But you know, tomato, tomato. Am I right? Uh, wow, Andre, we're gonna have to edit that one out. Okay, so no, this is Shannon. Um, I bet you seen the bet you thought you'd seen the last of me, right? Uh-huh. Um, anyway, here I am again, just messing with your hearts. Actually, here's I, Andre too. Fuck. I'm not messing with their hearts as well. They haven't seen me in a long time. I mean, given they probably miss me less since you haven't been here for a century. But um, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, and that's why I'm excited to fucking talk to you on recording hello hi you're you're fun (laughs) i was i was thinking i'm like when i was thinking about this recording i was like well there's gonna be one fan who's gonna be so excited about this no (laughs) one else is gonna know you know know who it is (laughs) Uh, totally we only had one (laughs) one (laughs) one fan yeah that's the one (laughs) um oh i'm sure i'm gonna be getting uh i'm sure i'm gonna be getting a couple of spicy messages in the coming days so i'll make sure to forward those to you promptly of course. Yeah, we love our hate mail that comes in, like, um, every four years or so. <laughs> okay, that's an exaggeration, but, like, every time there's a hate comment on, like, a YouTube video or something, Andre sends it to me, and I'm just, like, reeled back into this, like, trauma response. Yes, and I never respond to hate comments, so trolls, back off. Um, <laughs> that, was a, that was a legitimate and serious warning, but I'm more interested in the... What should I call them? The Shannon lovers? The Shannon admirers, shall I say? Because I have zero, mind you. By the way, fuck you guys, our audience. Go to hell. No one, no one sees me that? fucking... <laughs> it's like, we'll just wait a year to release an episode and then specifically say fuck you to the fans who fuck don't our want audience. to have sex with Andre. <laughs> um, not even sex, just like something other than your voice is so grating. Um, I know. Um, Okay, my mom would tell me every single day. You don't have to remind me. Um, you know what? In all seriousness, I just want to say I actually I love your voice. Like I think that you were, I don't know. I I really like your voice. You've got the passion. You've got the like. I don't know. It works. You know what? I'm gonna do a little ASMR for you, Shannon. I'm gonna send it your okay. way, and it might help lull you to sleep uh, on those sleepless <laughs> nights since you love my voice I would so like- much. I would love it if you could lower my blood pressure because it seems to be a thing where, like, I'm only 27 years old, but in the past year, like, I've had two doctors tell me it's too high. And, like, it could be because bitches love onion rings, but, like, we don't want to talk about that. Like, we're not going to (laughs) stop onion rings just because of my arteries. Okay, I'm not going to try to... This is the real scary part of the episode. I'm not trying to scare the audience, but I actually... (laughs) I don't think I told... I, I did tell you this. I went to the hospital recently... Um, because I had a, I had a heart attack scare. Do you remember this? I texted you this. I, I do remember you telling me about this. Yes. <laughs> like, I was what actually pretty fuck? worried. I am literally 14 years old. And so for me to yeah. have that was just insane. <laughs> um, no, it's but happening like, to 14 year old boys now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I mean, Shannon's 27. I'm 25, and it's it's like, oh my god, is this it? Is this like, is this the degradation? Like, is this how it starts? <laughs> like, like I, I'm falling certain. apart. <laughs> I don't think there's enough conversation about like this weird middle age because America is so obsessed with youth, and I think maybe the whole world is too. But it's I'm starting to feel the age setting in. Like I, I'm getting gray hairs, which is 
it, oh. I think it's genetic because I'm the youngest, but, and I've seen it happen to my siblings, but I'm like, wow, so death is just coming for me. Like, I've immediately, like, my body has no longer a will to live. Um, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, yes, but, you know, I know you, but, uh, no. <laughs> um, anyway, heart attack scare. Turns out my readings were fine. So I guess the weird fucking pain I felt coming up my like left arm and my left shoulder was just some other random thing. But that was kind of scary. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Heart, heart check, uh, race, race awareness. We're racing awareness to go get your heart checked. And this was not a pity plea for him to get more crushes. Like, this actually happened. <laughs> to, get, to get more please fuck me comment, Please fuck me before your heart gives out comments. This was not a plea for that. I wasn't fishing for that. However, if you do want to text me that, the DMs for any of our socials are open. So go ahead and do that. Um, they are open and he is waiting. Yes, they're open. I'm open. Um, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Anyway, hi, everyone. Uh, yes, your eyes... Uh, well, maybe your eyes, but your ears do not deceive you. We indeed are back with uh, another Halloween episode. This has kind of become a yearly tradition at this point, so maybe this is what's going to happen. You guys get <laughs> an episode a year from now on. I mean, you should be grateful. For intents and purposes, the podcast was already over, so the fact that you get anything at all, you should be kissing our feet and sending me sexy DMs. Um... Just saying. This could honestly like be one of those things where it's like because we're so persistent about posting every year in like sixty years, like the generation <laughs> we'll is gonna be like, I'm obsessed with this vintage podcast about oh these two like God. totally like un like totally problematic people in this weird era and they just they're the worst and it's so funny. You ever like like listen to yourself or just like 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 realize the things that you think and think to yourself like wow i really never moved on from like 2015 or whatever like basically when, like when you were like 20 or 19 like sometimes i just like maybe more so with media i look at the things that i i guess this is just a universal experience you know people say like oh you like the music you like when you're a teenager and then you never move past that i feel like it's kind of happening to me yet another <laughs> sign of in, like impending doom i am aging i am indeed aging <laughs> Well, I think that that's true for some things, you know, I can certainly look back and be like, that was super cringe. Like, I can never wrap my head around the fact that I thought that the show Teen Wolf was good. Um, <laughs> it's not, for anyone who's wondering. You could say some redeeming things about season one, but the fact is, it's not good. Um, did you see I know that, that we guy's, were... did you see that guy's, uh, new, or was it, no, it was like a, like a jerk-off video? Not telling anyone to go search that. Um, are we talking about tyler posey yeah mostly because it wasn't even a good video but um <laughs> yes did you see it <laughs> i didn't see it so i heard that he wasn't the only one on that show who did that too like it it was like a string of events oh well like i hope dylan o'brien did it too because i'd rather see that than tyler posey not that i've seen all his video totally not anyway. bestie anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so, I guess in terms of music, did you want to talk about Taylor Swift's Midnights? Because, like, we can. Yes. I guess this kind of ties into what I'm saying. So, I listened to the album, and uh, here, we're about to get murdered. I thought it was an absolute snooze fest. Um, <laughs> and I would consider myself kind of a Taylor fan. So, definitely not a hater hmm. take. Um, I just legitimately thought it was kind of a snooze fest. The production 
it, there's um there's like cohesive in an album and then there's just every song sounds the same so like right. oops i did it again by britney spears i would say it's a cohesive album um almost teetering on every song sounds the same but not quite as bad as midnight's where literally every song i didn't know where one song ended and the other one started um that that yeah the production is just too homogenous too much i think i think that's a pretty good criticism and i want to say i'm not really a taylor swift fan like i can admit that she has some good songs that i do like but like i'm not like patiently like waiting for her next album or anything and i don't you know, whatever. I don't stand her the way mm-hmm. I could stand Britney, who is iconic and amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I felt similarly, but I only listened to it once. And I think my overall impression was that there was one song I p- liked enough. And there was one song that like, I almost could have liked enough to save, but I didn't. And so I feel like that's pretty, <laughs> that, that is indicative that it wasn't that good or that we have bad taste and we're old um that's the thing too that i was thinking i was like okay um either my like i do think that the fact that we're not younger might be impacting our opinion of the album just because the younger part because like i am i mean not really i'm old i'm technically gen z but what what do they call it a cusper i'm a cusper like if i'm if i'm if i'm born in 97 like yes i am technically a gen zer but i rarely identify with a lot of the things that younger gen z people like so it's like you know i never really know where i stand but i think if we were younger um a lot of gen z is really into moody um bedroom pop that's very introspective i mean like Billie eilish blowing the fuck up is kind of proof of that in my opinion um and this very much felt like taylor's Billie eilish lord era you know like Billie eilish slash lord era like that's kind of what this album was just sonically and lyrically (laughs) and Taylor Swift is very much a storyteller. She's extremely, um, not specific, but like she's very eloquent and articulate in her lyricism. Like, I guess, yeah, specific, sometimes too specific, really tries to paint a, a picture for you in your head. But this was like almost too much of that. I felt like I was like, I don't know. I felt <laughs> like there's just too much. Like she was like fast reading a book for me. That's kind of how it felt like. There's this one, what is it? There's this one lyric in Antihero, the first single of this album, that's like, um, what is it? Uh, is it the sexy baby thing? No, I mean, we can talk about that, but I didn't think, people thought that was controversial because uh, they, they've never seen 30 Rock. I'm pretty sure it's the 30 Rock reference. It's just supposed to be funny. But um, no, she's like, familiarity breeds contempt, so put me in the basement when I ask for the penthouse of your heart. And I'm like, okay, poetic, cute. But there's just too many words. <laughs> there's too many right. words in that sentence. It doesn't feel song-like. Um, and I'm sure she can help herself because this bitch loves to write. But like, no, take words out. And that happened with a lot of the songs for me. So, yes. Yeah, and I, I kind of like, I'm not like a song expert, but I wouldn't even really say that she has an exceptional talent at songwriting i mean maybe she does like i don't know but like i just i felt really aware when i was listening like it was almost distracting i don't know if you got that with the lyrics Mm. but 
What do you mean? Like, do you usually like music that makes you feel like you're drifting away? I like music that is written in a way that I can just like either sing along in my head and like know the words and like just let the beat be like the main thing rather than like what you said like it being like a story and like I really have to like work for it. Like it did it feel like an audiobook? <laughs> well, th yes, that's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> it felt like an audiobook yeah. and it would have been And this is just more personal than anything, because I think some people do like the fact that she's so literal. And at least it would have been a better audiobook if there was some mysticism to it, if there was like something to like figure out or discover. But she is so literal, at least in this album with her songwriting, that she's telling you everything you need to know immediately. And there's nothing for you to figure out. It's just like, yeah. and I think in that sense, she's very talented. She's extremely talented at being extremely relatable if she wants to be. And and this is gonna, people are not gonna like this, but uh, at appealing to the lowest common denominator uh, sometimes so that even, even this group of people is able to digest the lyrics immediately and relate to them. And that will get you a number one album, but what it doesn't get you, I think is like a musical experience because she's just telling you shit, that's it. Like, I like when yeah. I have to figure out the lyrics a little bit, think about them. This isn't that. So I guess I'm wondering what some of your favorite albums are then. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I may, I may, I may run into some hypocrisy here because I'm not sure if some of my favorite albums are really all that uh, mysterious. But let's see. Let me think. Um, favorite albums... I actually, you know what? Fuck it. I actually have a list of this because <laughs> I <laughs> log everything. So, where is that? Tell me one of your favorite albums while I find this. Well, I wouldn't say that I'm like super into pop, which wouldn't really be like what we're talking about. I really like the 1975, which I guess is pop, but like indie pop. So, like, I really like. God, it's so embarrassing. I don't even know what their albums are called. Hold on. I'll figure <laughs> this out. Okay, wait. I found the list. So, um... Actually, no. I think, I think I'm onto something. I think I'm right on what I said. Because, like, my favorite album is Ocean Eyes by Alf City. Uh, according to this list. And yes, this list is correct. I'm, like, <laughs> verifying it as I read it. Because I wrote it. I wrote this some time ago. And yes, that is still true. I would still say that's true. So, Ocean Eyes by Alf City. And Alf City is a songwriter that is very... Just, like, what I was just talking about. Like, you really have to think about the lyrics. Sometimes it can get a little nonsensical. I'm not really sure there's a hidden meaning behind what he's saying. I think he just writes shit to write shit. But a lot of the times, most of the time, there is a meaning and you have to decipher it. And I think that's interesting. Uh, I also have Fruit by Marina and the Diamonds as my second favorite album. And I would say that is true for that album as well. That same concept that I talked about. Maybe a little less so because it's a lot more straight pop, but it's definitely not Midnight's by Taylor Swift. So my, <laughs> my, my point stands, I think. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of over talking about Taylor Swift, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, no, like, I'm, I'm over sure shitting on Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of Swifties who like already are 
talking about her album, so I think we can move on. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if uh, part of the disappointment is more so just my personal expectations and not really Killer Swift's fault because I was expecting a 1989 part two. Uh, so I should have yeah. curved. I, ha- I should have curved myself, you know, for listening. I will say I think that's probably one of her better albums. So yeah, I, 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 I mean, I think it's her magnum opus, IMO, in my opinion. So. Um, Anyway, <laughs> the queen died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did. Yes. Do you think she's like haunting England or? Uh, yes, all of England, every single household. Um, no, I think I think she's too tired to be doing any of that, to be honest. I think she is happy and comfortable with her corgis in hell. So that's what I think. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you just <laughs> you can't do all that colonization without ending up in hell. <laughs> I mean, listen, to be fair, the queen during her reign, uh, the like the UK didn't colonize anything. If anything, she oversaw the the decolonization, I guess you'd call it, of a lot of the Commonwealth countries because they they asked for independence and basically they separated themselves from the Commonwealth. But that's also not really her um, merit. Like, she didn't really do that. She just kind of was there as it happened. Um, I mean, a common thread, really, as far as the royal family goes, at least for the past seven years, is that, is that they don't really do anything anymore. Royalty doesn't really <laughs> rule republics, uh, or most uh, nation states. It hasn't for a long time now. So, in the UK, is included in that. Like, the royalty, just, they're just figureheads. They're just there. If anything, as tourist attractions, in my opinion, um, I just unless I'm missing something. But I, I watched the Crown, bitch. They don't do anything. <laughs> They're just there. <laughs> I didn't watch the Crown, and that is that is interesting. I will admit I don't have a lot of interest in learning about the royal family because I'm an American and we um, left them for good reasons. So <laughs> that was that's very patriotic, shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> American. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't really care about learning about the royal family because I'm a hot, red-blooded American, and I think the Brits can go fuck themselves with their weird teeth. So that's basically <laughs> Shannon's take, and I respect it. Um, <laughs> anyway. Not my queen. Uh, oh, um, so Brittany got married. I'm not sure if we talked about this, but uh, yeah, congrats. Congrats, Brittany. I knew that she was engaged, so that's nice to hear that she got married. Yeah, this, she posted only a couple of pictures on her Instagram, and uh, apparently the wedding itself was pretty small. This is kind of all news right now, but who was it that was there? It was, I think, Paris Hilton, Selena Gomez, Madonna, Donatella Versace. Or, and that's, I think those are the only people I saw on the photos. So, like, maybe there were a couple more people, but it, it seemed like a very small wedding, very private. Well, good for her. She deserves some privacy. Yeah, um, I am definitely not a Samish Gary stan, but I'm definitely warming up to him. Um, so I'm just <laughs> glad. I'm glad everything seems to be good for the most part. Oh my god, did you see her pussy pic on Insta? No, I didn't. Was it a vagina? <laughs> <laughs> or was it a cat? No, I mean, technically you can't see the kitty. Uh, she's like covered by an emoji. Oh, actually, there's not really one picture. There's, like, multiple pictures she's posted as of late where, like, you can see a lot. And people are, like, losing their minds and being like, oh, maybe she did deserve to be in a conservatorship. Or maybe it was best that she was in a conservatorship. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, you fucking idiot. Um, yeah, it's like people only appreciated Britney's sexuality while she was, like, under the control of other people. Uh, right. But if she they wants really to post... Her. 
Ah, exactly. If she wants to post a fucking tit pic on Insta because it's not like, yeah, it just it, all of a sudden it's like, oh no. But if you see her like barely clothed dancing around in Vegas, then it's fine because there's a professional like machine behind her. Like that's bullshit. It's the same shit. It's just a human body. It's just someone expressing themselves. If you're afraid of pussy, you're probably gay. And I'm not afraid of pussy. So am I straight? Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just i feel like it's like people are like the whole point is to be independent and make your own choices and like just because you don't like the choice doesn't mean it's inherently bad i right. guess you know we want you to make your own choices as long as we like them and are comfortable with them well that's not my own choice bitch <laughs> yeah. like Brittany, totally. show your vagina if you want I don't care. I'll still support you forever. You're iconic. No, I don't think you're fucking crazy because you want to post your tits on Insta. Like, I would too if I had them. Um, <laughs> people are fucking idiots and their brains are the size of peanuts. Anyway, moving on. Maybe uh, if everyone saw vagina more in just general media, people would be less afraid of the vagina. Yeah, but with that attitude, these men that are commenting this shit aren't going to see any vagina until the cycle continues. It's a self-feeding <laughs> circle. <laughs> Oh, what a shame. What a shame indeed. Anyway, welcome to Scary Talk. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have very spooky things prepared for you today. Um, uh, we're happy to have you here with us. Uh, well, to have all of you guy with us. Um, <laughs> we're happy that you're listening. and You specifically. You the one person that's listening to this. You know who you are. <laughs> Aaron, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you listening right now? We're happy that you're here. Um, so, Shannon, this is a Halloween campfire. So I am surely hoping that you have brought some heat to this fire in the form of spooky stories. Do you have oh something for us today? I sure do. I have multiple things for you today. It's kind of hilarious because, like, this is, like, the most casual podcast ever. But I kind of <laughs> told you I had a Reddit scary story. Uh And that kind of just devolved. So I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I just, I was taken upon this idea of how when I was a child, I would read scary stories and like, you know, those like really cliche ones that are super short. And it's like, oh, the dog was licking her hand, but it was actually, the dog was dead or whatever. You know, like that type of shit. Yeah, yeah, like scary stories to tell in the dark, kind of? Like for Kind of, like, I guess like childhood stories horror stories and then i also wanted to read you a like early 2000s horror chain mail just because i thought it might be funny i haven't like read it in depth yet so i was thinking you know let's just get in that kind of i don't know if that's an era nostalgia horror (laughs) i think it is an era i i i love your idea because i actually think that the state of horror i don't know maybe specifically like written horror in the late 90s and early 2000s uh, was really good and something I like and it feels different nowadays so it must be an era because it re- it feels different maybe not just writing just like media like horror movies well obviously it's like they look different because different cameras and whatever right. like filmmaking has gone digital but I don't mean that I mean like the stories the tropes are much more psychological now and very much trauma-based trauma have you have you seen that jamie lee curtis clip of her talking about halloween ends and multiple interviews and people cut it because she like says this about trauma a million times and she's like oh the movie's about trauma you know trauma trauma female trauma ptsd (laughs) post-traumatic stress disorder trauma so yes the horror movies nowadays are about 
trauma, basically. And, like, the monsters are just metaphors for right. unresolved trauma. And I think that's cool and all. But, bitch, bring back real monsters. I don't want... <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway you know what i'm trying to say yeah no i totally i think that's true i think that in some ways that's good and in some ways it's it's just different i guess it's not good or mm-hmm. bad you know like we're using horror to tell talk about more serious things or real things and i think that people have been, probably been doing that for a while but i think that this like specific childhood like internet horror story thing was genuinely just made to scare you which yes. i think is you know that intent that can also be good and it can be bad because I don't want to watch the human centipede, which I'm fairly certain the only goal of that is to scare you. But that's different. You. No, I think it's to shock you and so that you like talk about it. And also probably because the director got a thrill out of shocking people. I wouldn't call it so much scare. I wouldn't really call it so much like fear because I watched parts of the human centipede because I couldn't watch the whole thing um, precisely because I thought it was gross, but I wasn't really like, Ooh, scared. But bitch, when I tell you that the first time I read slender man, I was looking behind my back. I was 15 years old. I was looking behind my back for fucking days. That was scary. And that was made to scare. <laughs> and there wasn't even yeah. one slender man, creepy pasta. There's like multiple. I don't remember which one I read, but Dude, just the concept of that, that scared the fuck out of me. And also, so I love early 2010s horror. I love, like, late 90s horror. Like, everything Goosebumps, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, that, all that kind of shit. Um, interesting how there was so much green ooze in horror in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that was fucking about. But <laughs> anyway, love ooze. Yes, we love yes. green ooze. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have? Okay, so I want to start with the chain letter just to kind of like really put us in this. <laughs> no, but I don't have I don't have ten friends to forward this to, so don't. I, I think I think it might be more than ten. Like it could possibly be more. Okay, hold on. <laughs> well, you don't either, bitch. You barely have any friends. You're gonna die. You can't forward it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read it just like how you would expect it to be read if this popped into your Yahoo inbox in 2007. Okay? <sighs> you ready? Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. Warning. This is not a joke. Carry on reading or you will die. Okay, maybe we should stop. Because <laughs> you know, I am a pussy. <laughs> Andre, this is serious. It came into your inbox. You will die. Read it. <laughs> Fuck, fine. Once, there was a little girl called Clarissa. Hospital, because she killed her mom and dad. She got so bad, she went to kill all the staff in the hospital. So the government decided that the best idea was to get rid of her. Mm. So they set up a special room to kill her, as humanely as possible. But it went wrong. Yeah, I love that we're already involving the government in this. Just in, there's no specific agency. It's just the government yeah. as a whole has to stop Clarissa. Joe Biden went in there and was like, "I can't even do a good <laughs> impersonation." Whatever. <laughs> okay, the machine they were using went wrong, and she sat there in agony for hours until she finally died. Now, every week on the day of her death, she returns to the person that reads this chain letter on a Monday night at 12 a.m. She creeps into your room and kills you slowly by cutting you and watching you bleed to death. Now, send this link to 10 other people and she will haunt someone else who doesn't pass this on like you did. And she will forget about you. 
Example, Jenny didn't believe this and deleted it without even reading the whole thing. A few days later, on a Monday night, she was woken up by loud footsteps and heavy breathing. Calissa was standing there with a huge knife. And well, Jenny is history now. Damn. So are you going to forward it to your friends? I, well, no choice now. I mean, I have to. I don't want Clarissa to come for me at 12 a.m. Kind of lame, I am, in my opinion. I think it should be 3 a.m. Uh, I think she should really fix her schedule and change that up. But, um, I, th I mean, my sleep schedule is so fucked these days. At this point, midnight <laughs> on my afternoon. Another cheeky Taylor Swift reference, but it's true oh though. <laughs> so I'm not really gonna. I'm barely gonna be waking up. I don't. I just. I don't think I'll have the capacity to be scared at that point. Um, 3 a.m. works best for me. But yes, I'll be forwarding this. Uh, I don't want to meet her. You know, I will say that wasn't as gruesome as I was hoping. It seemed like she, like I read that verbatim, and like all it said was she's gonna cut you and you're gonna die. Like where is she cutting me? Like that's what I want to know because. I don't really have incentive to forward this off to anyone if they're not going to get in detail about how I'm going to die. If someone cuts my earlobe off, I'm not going to die. So <laughs> where is she cutting me? Good question. Yeah, good point. I don't know, but the girl who didn't forward it to her friends, she was history, so. Do you think Mike Tyson ate the ear he chewed off? I don't even know what you're talking about. I didn't know that he chewed off an ear. Now I have. Are you questions. fucking serious? Have you? Yes, have, I, have do you no live under idea. a rock? Under this, like yeah. what? No, Mike Tyson back in the whenever I don't know nineties. He's kind of known for this. Actually, it's kind of like his thing, uh, his infamous thing that he's known for. He like was boxing someone and chewed off part of this other person's like ear. Uh, yeah, like, tore it off. Uh, that's that that happened. I don't know if he like went to jail for that. I don't think so, but that happened, and uh, he's known for that. And I'm just wondering if he ate that or not. So I guess I wonder if the guy who lost his earlobe is like known as the guy who got his earlobe taken by Mike Tyson because probably. it doesn't sound like you know who that person is. Yeah, probably, and that can be fun. That must be a little humiliating. Um, anyway, I'm just thinking about that. You know, earlobe, Mike Tyson. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Um, I will be forwarding that to friends and family. Um, <laughs> Good. I'm so, glad. So if I, for, if I forward it to them, they run the risk of being caught by Clarissa, right? So then I should, like, pick the people that I don't like. Okay. So, you well, know what? Let me write this down. Yeah. Um, Shannon. Oh, rude. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. I can't re-forward it to you. Fuck. Um, okay. <laughs> I have a story for you. Okay. I'm ready. So, yes. Uh, everyone, ready yourself. Uh, grab whatever spooky pumpkin spice latte macchiato sit down by your fire or in my case fake fire I love watching like fake fireplace videos on YouTube as ambience not even joking so put that on get ready here we go so this is from the r slash let's not meet subreddit and it's called my brother saw a ghost as a kid Two decades later, I realized what he actually saw. And I read this and I shat myself. So I thought, and it's a real story, or at least the Let's Not Meet um, sub subreddit, they purport that their stories are real. It's not like no sleep. So I thought it was pretty spooky. So the story goes, I was about seven years old, my brother about 10. It was well past our bedtime when our mom woke up off the couch to put us to bed. Our dad worked construction out of town back then, so it was often just us three at the house for weeks at a time. 
Up the stairs and to the immediate right was our parents' bedroom. Going left put you in the middle of a hallway. Taking another left down that hallway, let. Do you hear that interference? Um, no, to you? That was kind of spooky. It almost. Ooh! Uh, Clarissa? <laughs> <laughs> Clarissa heard you making I, fun of her. <laughs> I thought I had until midnight or whatever. Can, can you come here? On a break? Monday. <laughs> oh, on a Monday. Right. Okay. Um. The, taking another left down that hallway led to my brother's room. The opposite end was my room, which was also across the hall from our upstairs bathroom. At either end of the hallway are window doors we always kept locked and rarely used. The door on my end led to a balcony overlooking our front yard, and the door on my brother's end opened up to our back porch. My brother and mom both had a habit of waking up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. I only knew this because I was always a light sleeper and they just couldn't help flushing with the door wide open. This night, however, my brother stopped on his way to his room and came back towards the bathroom. I'm going to try to pee before I go to bed, he said. The past few nights, I've been too afraid to walk to the bathroom. I keep seeing a man wearing stripes at the end of the hallway. I don't know if my mom wrote it off as my brother telling ghost stories to try to scare me, or if she was already half asleep and didn't catch it, but she didn't react at all to my brother's confession. I, on the other hand, was terrified by it. The fear of seeing a ghost like that at the end of the hallway or through the windows is the reason I started running from the stairs to my bedroom at night. Years later, when I was about 18, my mom and I were having a conversation in her car about a dog we had for a very short time when I was little. We were sharing stories about Max's tendency towards destroying my shoes and other unruly behaviors when my mom blurted out. Do you remember that time I opened the front door for the cops and Max ran inside to the kitchen and started tearing open that big bag of dog food we had? This really caught me by surprise, because in all the years I lived in that house, we never once called the cops. I asked her what she was talking about and she looked equally surprised as she, she had just revealed something by accident. Oh, that's right, I never told you because you were too young at the time. One night I woke up hearing noises outside my window and when I looked I saw a man staring into my bedroom. She went on to describe how turning on the lights caused him to take off running and how she grabbed my dad's pistol before calling the cops. I can't remember all the details I gave them when they showed up. Tall, white male, wearing a striped shirt and jeans, short, dark hair, something like that. They said it matched the description of a man they were looking for in the area. It turns out he had escaped from jail on a murder charge. Now, it sounds so obvious hearing those two stories back to back, but it wasn't until a few years ago in my mid-twenties that I pieced together that my brother had unknowingly warned us about a murderer who spent multiple nights casing our home. The end. Huh. Yeah. That's... Bro. Well, yeah, if that is real, that would be really scary. <laughs> that, that's terrifying. Are you kidding me? Like, also, I feel bad for the kid because, like, no one listened to him. Or I guess the brother listened, but he just, like, was like, whatever. And just, like, yeah. just, uh, I hate that. Like, okay, this guy escaped jail on a murder charge. He's a murderer. He was casing the house. The kid saw him at the end of the hallway. I think it wasn't in the house. I think he meant, because um, like the writer notes that there's a window at the end of the hallway. So I think he, the kid saw the murderer through the window. He wasn't in the house, but still, like it meant he was obviously trying to get in the house. He was like, you know, like, 
like, yeah, like casing the house, like seeing like, oh, are these my next victims? Dude, that's fucking, ugh. Ooh. Yeah, I think there's something like extra sinister about that when it's, it's kind of more like real life, you know? It's because you never yeah. know. Like you that think? could happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of why I, I picked um, true stories, at least for tonight. Not that Clarissa's story isn't real. Um, hey, just because you don't know. that's kind of what spooks me nowadays. I go through eras. Um, sometimes it's fiction, sometimes it's not. Anyway, what do you have? <laughs> um, so I'm going to try my best to paraphrase this because I think it's kind of a rough translation this next story um so this is a Appalachian like folklore story mm. it's called Tailipo okay so there was an old man who lived alone in the middle of the forest he must have been about 60 years old and nobody knew his real name he lived out in a cabin with his three hunting dogs so it's kind of like a darker area, dark night, and it's winter time, and he's pretty hungry, but, you know, he's kind of like a, what would you call it, off the gritter, you know? So he has to, you know, grow, grow his own food, go hunting, that sort of thing. So okay. he's got the fireplace going. He's pretty hungry, but he's just like, I'm just going to go to bed. So he goes to bed in his cabin, which is, you know, relatively small, and it's pitch black, and he's got his little doggies. This is a pretty cozy story, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so he's about to fall asleep, all nice and relaxed, when suddenly he hears something skittering across the wall. That's kind of, you know, the sound it makes. Let me see if I can make my fingers do this. Did you hear that? Yes, but that's fine. Okay. So, skittering. He sees a shadow in his room, and he sits up in his bed, he peers into the darkness. Sitting across from him is a weird-looking creature, short, furry, with bright yellow eyes, staring at him with big, sharp claws and a long, thick tail. So he grabs his hunting knife and he lunges at it. It scurries out and it claws along the walls, and what happens is they kind of have a scuttle, right? So there's this nasty creature. He's got his knife. He sees the tail and he cuts it off. The creature lets out a horrible screech, and then it disappears out the window into the night. And the man is standing there with the long, thick tail in one hand, and the bloody knife in the other. So, here he is, standing in his room, pretty terrified, and he's considering, you know, throwing out the tail. He doesn't really know what this creature is, but then his stomach started rumbling again. He's really hungry, so he takes the tail, he cleans it, he cooks it, and he eats it for dinner. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> with his stomach full, he goes and he goes back to bed, and he doesn't sleep for her very long before he's awakened by a strange noise. So it sounds like something is trying to scratch its way into the cabin. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, I, I feel like this is... <laughs> Where I would start to be like, y you can't just go back to bed after an event like this, but it's mm -hmm. a story, so whatever. <laughs> he hears the scratching, and he thinks that if he just stays very still and very quiet, maybe it'll go away. But he keeps hearing it, the scratching, and then he hears a strange voice outside, hissing. Taily-po, taily-po, I want my taily-po. 
So it basically keeps repeating this, and then he goes and he runs to the front door where he thinks the scratching is, and he calls his dogs and he sicks the dogs outside, one at a time. Taily Po, Taily Po, where is my Taily Po? So the man is starting to get panicked because his dogs are not coming back. Um, you know, they've run off into the forest, into the woods. Um, so basically, he goes, he locks the door, um, he goes and he gets a weapon, he finds an axe, he finds a rifle, he's pretty frightened, and the scratching comes back. So his dogs do not come back. The voice hisses again, Taily Po, Taily Po, give me back my Taily Po. He says, I do not have your tail. Um, and then it says, you took my Taily Po, now give it back to me, give it back to me now. So he goes and he runs into his bed and he's hiding. Um, he's hiding under the covers, like a big baby. And then he hears the door open, probably broken down. This isn't the best translation, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he hears the scratching going across the floorboards. He eases the cover down his eyes to see what the creature was, you know. So he sees it again, furry, pointed ears, long claws, glowing eyes. He pulls the cover over his head again, and then he feels the weight of it pounce on his chest. You got my taily po, and you better give it back to me now. And then the man yells, I ate it. I ate your taily po. It's gone. And then that thing, it starts to scratch and claw and tail, tear away at him. He tries to fight back, but it's too strong. And it goes, and it tears and tears. And it pulls the tail out of his stomach. Ooh. And the townspeople say that if you are all alone at night in the woods, you can hear the creature yelling, Taily Po, Taily Po, I've got my Taily Po. So that's the story. Very weird and pretty Damn. grotesque, in my opinion. Well, don't fuck with this Taily Po. Yeah, I feel like it's hard because. I don't. I can't quite understand what that voice would sound like of a creature like that. But what really disturbed me about it was the fact that he ate the tail. I'm like, you just don't. You just don't ate the tail of a cryptid. Like you're asking for trouble, you know? Agreed. Eat its butthole. That way. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about the Mothman right now. <laughs> Literally sitting next to my Mothman Israel pillow right now. But um, yeah, interesting. What did you say you found this story? So this was on, hold on, it's, you're going to laugh. It's from a website. Well, it's based on Appalachian folklore. There's actually a book published about it too, which I was like kind of annoyed by because I'm like, I'm not going to pay money for this. <laughs> so I found a free version that seems a little weird on scaryforkids.com. So I hope the children who are listening are scared. Love that. Love that. You are mother and the children have been fed. Thank you. Um, so... Okay, so I guess not really a story, but before I tell another story, I do want to briefly touch on, did you, do you watch Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix? Um, I don't currently have Netflix, but I've seen like a little bit of it, you know, throughout my life. 
Okay, well, it's like an 80s show. It was revived. And the revival just had its second season released. And I saw it and I really like it. And one of the episodes was about um, the like 1994 Lake Michigan UFO sightings and it's really interesting uh it really makes you believe in all this shit about aliens I mean I personally already do but it really does a good job of convincing against non-believers because there's so much evidence they have the real people there who experienced it talking on the show and they even have someone who worked for the weather service there in the area of Lake Michigan talk about how he received a call from like the 911 people being like hey the people the 911 person called this person at the weather service and was like we're receiving a lot of calls right now about alien about ufo sightings uh, above lake michigan and like around the area and uh do can you confirm anything for us because i know you guys over there at the weather service have a radar and the guy at the weather service who is the guy actually being interviewed now you know 30 years later on the netflix episode recounts how he saw on the radar these lights that started as like one but then became three not lights but these shapes you know that look like little dots on the radar and he knows how to use the radar i don't really understand it but he insisted that like what the way they were moving and what they were doing and how fast they were moving and how fast they were like dropping and rising in elevation uh denoted that like this wasn't any kind of human technology which like yeah fucking obviously but they're like and you think that's the whole episode it's really interesting they really go into how like there's no way it was a plane or anything like that and like the these this these three things eventually started like making formations like triangular formations almost as if like they were trying to deliver a message or they were trying to be seen like really strange shit and like there were there were also interviews of people who said that the the ufos like basically hovered above their backyards for a long time like 30 minutes to an hour and these people one of them being like a middle-aged woman one of them being an old woman recount how they were there just fucking standing looking at these spaceships for half an hour just hovering above their houses which is fucking terrifying but like you know what i mean and like these people have really like they just don't really seem like they're looking for their 50 minutes like it really just seemed they seem like average people um and it's it's really spooky and i i I recommend everyone go watch it um you know actually i'll fuck it i'll spoil it now (laughs) um (laughs) the, the the real spooky turn at the end is that they dig up some police um like reports archive and they see basically i think who was it that dug this up I don't remember, but like the guy at the weather service after this whole phenomenon happened and his call with 911 was recorded and like, I guess, released, he was ridiculed out of his job, basically, and had to leave the state because he was getting made fun of as the alien guy and like, ooh, you those are real, Uh you fucking idiot. And he basically returns there 30 years later to interview people on the ground because he wants more information. Oh, I remember now. And he ends up interviewing this woman who like uh, is part of like the UFO association there in that local area area and um she brings up some police uh report that says that on that night in 1994 um this young couple was camping uh out in front of lake michigan they were like on the lake beach um on that very night and they said that sometime past midnight they um saw 
they like heard s no they didn't hear anything because that's the thing everyone everyone says this every single person says that the spaceships were dead silent and that's how they knew it wasn't a fucking plane um they saw some shapes or something and so like they open the tent to go out outside and they see these three ships in triangular formation just sucking up water from lake michigan what? sucking up this huge thick 20 feet wide six thousand foot high cascade of water and onto the ships just like for minutes at it you know or for or for however long they were staring because they ran away pretty quickly because they were scared shitless but that's what they saw and it's like holy shit lake michigan and like the great lake like like the great lakes is uh, are the like the biggest um uh fresh water source in the world like the biggest right, the, right like the biggest singular spot of fresh water on earth this is a fact so it's like, oh my god, <laughs> they were like taking water back to their home planet or studying our water or something. And that freaked me out because like that's just not something I've ever heard about aliens or UFOs. And uh, it's just something new to add to the folklore. Like that was, that spooked me. Yeah, that's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I wonder if they were after the organisms that lived in the water or if it was just I mean, Water? then why not why not go to the ocean where there's far more organisms and far more variety of them? It's like no, they need know. it. They wanted fresh water. That's so spooky, dude. And then the 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 episode does a like CGI recreation of what that would have looked like, and it does kind of spook you, honestly. Um, yeah. Interestingly enough, one of the witnesses, um, a woman uh, who had like little children at the time, uh, thirty years ago. She says that like when this when one of the spaceships started hovering above her backyard that her and her husband and her kids all noticed and they went out into the yard and she was actually really amazed and also happy that her kids got to experience something like that because the spaceship just kind of hovered there for 30 minutes and then went away it's not like they got abducted and i was like really interested in that that really like um moved me because i was like you know you you can yeah. you can see There's... UFOs different ways like right the uniqueness yeah. of like every experience and I think that that's definitely something I love about UFO lore I guess you could say history is that you just don't know what's out there and what the intentions are or what they're doing at that exact moment like we've talked mm -hmm. about so many different sightings and experiences people have had and it's it seems like they're always so different. It's just interesting how someone like me can see it as like terrifying, but someone else can see it as like really cool and like now I know more about the universe and this is a good thing. It's just really interesting. Right. Um, I mean, I guess if I didn't get abducted, I'm just happy it didn't get abducted. And so, you know, I'll be like, oh, wow, that was cool. But I don't know that I would say like, oh, I loved that experience because like there's just something eerie about it. Well, um, <laughs> I, I hate to be this person, but you know, like that's pretty common in some ufo experiences where they said that they felt like loved or they felt euphoric or they felt joyful i mean in this case they weren't abducted so i guess it's a different conversation but maybe mm -hmm. that is part of it you never know i think that's person specific i don't think that it's like the ufo beaming like rays of love to the ground <laughs> I think it's different people with different mindsets see it differently because they have different mindsets. And I think if that happened to me, I would I would I would predictably feel the way that I've always thought I'm going to feel, which is really scared. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but I will, just to add to my argument a little bit, think of that underwater sea creature that has the bulb or whatever, the light bulb. Uh-huh. It, like, lulls them into a, uh, lulls the smaller fish into a sense of, like, wonder, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah! Ooh! Damn, that was good, Shannon. Good point. Thank you. So, actually, actually, if you have another story, go go right ahead. Okay, so I have one that's, um, I'm almost 100% positive you've heard this story and other people have heard this story because it feels so nostalgic and memorable to me, like it's something I've read as a kid. Alright, so this is called White with Red. Hmm. So, a man just moved into an apartment and heads to the receptionist to get his keys. The receptionist gave him the key with a smile, but she warned him not to disturb the door with no number on his floor. He wondered why, but he didn't bother bother to ask. After he finished unpacking, he began to get curious. He questioned why the receptionist would warn him of such things, and so he stepped out of his apartment to check the door with no number. He tried the doorknob first, but it was locked, so instead he got onto his knees and peeked through the keyhole. The apartment he was looking into was empty. His eyes scanned the whole place before stopping at a woman, standing face against a wall in the corner. He noticed her pale skin and long black hair before stepping back, suddenly feeling perverted in a way for invading someone else's privacy. He brushed it off, assuming that she was someone that did not want to be disturbed. The next day, he got more curious about the woman and eventually went back, straight away getting onto his knees. He peeked through the keyhole and saw all red. Red. He assumed that the pale woman must have caught him peeking the last time and covered the hole with something red. He left the door alone and instead went down to the receptionist to ask her questions. The receptionist sighed and asked, You've looked through the keyhole, didn't you? He admitted to it, and so she felt obliged to tell him the story. She told him that a couple used to live in that apartment a long time ago, but the husband went crazy and killed his wife. However, this couple wasn't normal. They had pale skin, black hair, and red eyes. Are you there? Oh. Yeah, I'm here. Wait, was that the end of the story? Yeah. Okay. Pale, Do you get it? Blue skin and red eyes. Do you get it? An alien. No, the, the when he looked through the keyhole the second time, he saw red. She was looking back. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was. I think I got lost somewhere in there. <laughs> I was like, trying to picture this in my head, and I went somewhere else. I never mind. Oh no, yes, I have. That's spooky. I have heard this story. Maybe a different variation of it, but ooh, hate that. Yeah, that one just. I think those like plot twists are so notable for this type of story that you know you're you're kind of reading it in bed on your phone or like under the covers and it's short and it's fast and you're just like fuck that is very oh, spooky i'm I, that is very campfire i'll give you that because that's kind of like a classic urban legend i feel like i've definitely heard that before different variations of that yes do scary. you want another one or do you have another one um i have a short one that i'll read for you this is called make sure to always lock your doors and this is from the creepy encounter subreddit which also purports that all the stories are true so and this 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 spooked me mostly because my fucking boyfriend sometimes forgets to lock the door when he comes in and i tell him all the time anyway so 23 year old guy here 
I live in a pretty safe neighborhood and usually always lock my doors. Last night, I apparently didn't. It was not too long after I had taken my dogs out for the last time and was turning off the TV and lights when one of my dogs started growling. Not too weird since he sometimes does that when people walk by the house. I then heard the front door open and someone walk in. My dog then started barking. My other dog, who loves all people, came running from the other room to greet our guest. At the same time, I was reacting to what was happening and went, what the fuck, who are you? Standing in the hall was a guy in his mid to late 20s. He was skinny and tall. Um, oh, wait, I don't think I'm in the right place. He genuinely seemed <laughs> confused. I replied with, hell no you aren't, please get out. He apologized and said he was coming to hang out with a friend and just kind of accidentally went to the wrong place. I asked him what house he was looking for and he said a number that was just a few couple number off from mine. He apologized again and left. He seemed nice and non-threatening, but I was still kind of spooked. This morning, I was ready to laugh the whole thing off. I was planning on telling my neighbor, a couple in their 30s, what happened. I don't know them all too well, but we have talked before. Luckily, I caught with one of them when I was taking my dogs out. I didn't want to come off like I was mad or scared over what happened, so I casually said, I'm sure he told you about it, but your friend paid me a surprise visit last night. My neighbor gave me this confused look and said, what are you talking about? Your friend, he walked into my house last night thinking it was your place. My neighbor was quiet for a second and then said, I don't want to alarm you, but I have no idea what you're talking about. We didn't have a friend over last night. Lay end. That just unnerves me to no end because like, like we've talked about before, like if that were real, like I would get my locks changed immediately. Like that would just be... Bro, you I don't like get your move. locks changed. You just need to lock your fucking door, bitch. <laughs> like, this guy... Just I just... I feel like that person knows where you live now, so what if they're, like, hyper-fixated on you? I don't know. I might move. <laughs> I guess. Um, but yes, like, I I mean, sounds real enough to me. And again, this subreddit, yeah. you know, insists that people please write real stories only. And also, I can totally see this happening. Like, this, is just, this is, just isn't that extravagant. But it's still very, very scary. Um, right. Like, you're, yeah, whether it's, like, someone trying to do something bad and just, like, you randomly were the first. Imagine, like, someone who's, like, going door to door at night just seeing which, which, which door is unlocked. And, like, chances are maybe they will find an unlocked door. And then that's you. You're the victim because your door was unlocked. Like, that's so spooky. Well, that's, like, the Sacramento vampire, right? Like, that actually happens, like... In Sacramento. My, Did you hear about... No. What, what, I heard oh. about the Stockton killer. No. So the Sacramento vampire, I'm fairly certain that's what he was called. Something like that. So like this was like either in the 90s or 2000s. But there's a serial killer. And he was called the Sacramento vampire because he would go. And if your door was unlocked, he would go inside and he would kill you. Because he thought that was an invitation to let him in. Oh my god. That is both horrible Okay, how can I say this without getting canceled? <laughs> it's an, an interesting modus operandi. Um, well, I think maybe he did think he was a vampire. I'm not clear on that part of it. That's what they called him because that's basically, you know, that's his, that's why he... I don't know. I don't know if that's why he killed. Obviously, he was very disturbed. Okay, how can I say that I, I, I admire how 
poetic the reasoning is while also uh, emphasizing the fact that I think murder is horrible and my heart go out to the victims. <laughs> like, Damn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, because, yes, but also that's interesting. Like, I mean, come on, you can't tell me that's not interesting. Like, oh, it's a the weird reason- psychological. Yeah. yeah, it's very weird, you know. But like, and I think damn. it falls. If he didn't, it, he I feel like... what? Oh, go. If he didn't think he was a vampire and he did that intentionally, then that right. is very twisted, but also very interesting. It's like, uh, you know, like vampires, you have to let them in. So if I, you know, if I'm going by the name the vampire, of course, I'm on. I only come in when they let me in, and it's like, oh, that's spooky. I'm fairly certain this guy was like severely unwell, so it's possible he did believe he was a vampire because I and I could be mixing this up with a different serial killer, but I'm fairly certain they arrested him naked, like he was naked going crazy or something. Oh, um, well, less poetic now. Wait, a serial killer yeah. with mental illness? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I have a question for you that's just like on a tangent. This might be a long episode, but this kind of triggered this memory of you know the golden state killer who was active in like the sacramento area and who was recently mm-hmm. caught um because of like that i don't know if it was 23 and me or one of those dna testing kits where a relative of his yep participated in that yeah and mm-hmm. then that led to his arrest and i just read that something similar happened again this year with a different not a serial killer but with a murder and i'm wondering about the legislation or like what that could mean in the future because on one hand it's great that we're able to solve these cases but on the other hand it's like they didn't consent to giving their dna their relatives well that's that's the thing they are consenting to this when you sign up to 23andme or ancestry or whatever any of these services where you send your spit and they send you back some bullshit about how you're actually italian when you're not um you're actually (laughs) consenting to these like third parties as they name them in their user agreements for these third parties to utilize this data for 23andme to sell it to these third parties they of course just don't disclose that these third parties are oftentimes government branches so like Hmm. you are technically consenting to this and that's why the best thing to do if you don't like this kind of thing is to just not get one of these tests done it's funny because i was uh really interested in this stuff some years back because i was really trying to trace back my family's ancestry but i went i went as far as to like i was about to get the test and then i was like you know what no because because of this i think the thing with the golden state killer had just happened and i haven't killed anyone but i can just i don't know i just feel squeamish about like like <laughs> the government already knows so much like the powers right. that be already know so fucking much from the fact that like my phone is glued to my hand at all times that like i don't need to give them anymore yeah. and and also you have yeah. like an alexa in every room and you have like a Roomba. i do like, me disclosing that on <laughs> which listen means someone can hack it <laughs> in my defense very convenient <laughs> i have an alexa in every room in my house and no that is not a joke i even have them in the bathroom in case i need to be like alexa order more toilet paper wait no alexa stop alexa stop alexa am i lactose intolerant <laughs> my, my echo just t- turned on <laughs> i'm not even kidding like i have my things in conversation i have to call them echo dots because if i say the name uh then she turns on <laughs> so anyway yeah uh alexa cancel alexa stop (laughs) i just i want i don't want to order more toilet paper um anyway 
Oh, they're saying, yes, it's very minority report. It's giving minority report, mama. Right. Like, that's what it's giving. When, when, when these cases get cracked because of this information, like, yes, like you said, that is very cool. Well, I also, not to be too conspiracy theorist on Maine, but like, once you give your DNA to these third parties, they can do whatever they want with it. And what's to stop a billionaire who just killed someone from using Andre from California's DNA to cover it up? Like, <laughs> I don't give, know. Thank you for giving me my location secret. <laughs> By saying, we all like, know the we're whole in California. State. We have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, now they'll find me. They'll know I'm in Cali. No. Um... Yes, There's like I 7 mean, million people, it's fine. Not only is it creepy and squeamish because like Minority Report style kind of like um, uh, surveillance and like in, in the fact that like these agencies that are in power know so much about you, but it's also the thing of like this could go very wrong at any moment and your thing is a perfect example of that. I mean, how plausible yeah. is that? Like whatever, but like it can happen and that potentiality is enough of a problem for me that I just don't think the government should be having access to this but that doesn't really matter they already have access to it and these people who gave them access can't really take it back so the best thing you can do is just not give it in the first place if you don't like this um and i mean obviously (laughs) we're aware that these agencies and they can be corrupt because people are inherently problematic Mm -hmm. and um i wanted to bring up this case that's really been it's it's an old case. Are you aware of the movie The Changeling with Angelina Jolie? Yes! Oh, I love that movie. One of my favorite movies. So that's based off a true story. Like, the police right. in Los the Angeles tried murders. to convince her. Huh? Oh, I thought you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, both both parts of the movie. The, the whole switcheroo and also the murders are both based on true things. Like, the chicken coop murders. These happened in... Yes, uh, but they yes. never confirmed that her child was a victim of that, so she kind of died believing he might still be alive, which right. is unfortunate. But, like, it's, I was specifically yeah. talking about the gaslighting from the from the LAPD, which is Yes, it's just, insane. Uh, I, I mean, like, I don't know. I try to give the benefit of the doubt and be like, maybe the police, since like, it's like it was their child, like, maybe they really thought this was a kid because, like, circumstantial evidence uh, and also the kid lied. Um, and like, you know, they weren't trying to be malicious, but I mean, come on, the LAPD I mean, in the 19, what is it? What was it? 1920s? I think it was I the just, 20s. I just, I don't, I don't give him a lot of credit. I just, I feel like, yeah, maybe they were probably just trying to gaslight her because as the movie, as the movie kind of like recounts it, um, they just wanted to close as many cases as quickly as possible because they don't want the reputation stained. So, you know, they want to find the missing kid and, and they'll just put yeah. anyone that, even remotely looks like the kid in front of this woman and be like he's your kid when it wasn't yeah and their reputation was already on rocky ground and it's just such an unfortunate story because it's true and it's just it just ties back into that whole like you really just don't know and i think it's better to just leave as much stuff like not in the hands of i mean now i'm just getting too political like i'm i'm definitely a liberal but you know i i think about these things you know it's kind of sad the fact that changeling is a term it's a whole term which means this must have happened enough times that people decided to put a name to this like a changeling is a kid who's been like switcherooed basically right and i'm like what the fuck like what's wrong with people yeah it's really heartbreaking yeah um the i mean that was really sad the part of the like murders and that crazy guy in the chicken coop farm 
that one was like much more compelling and scary to me just like you know the whole like uh mind of a killer concept and like how do people get to this point whatever but i did think angelina jolie's performance was very slay and very diva she was working the hunties uh and <laughs> yeah the story is heartbreaking yeah totally so, so <laughs> do you want to hear another story or <laughs> i do please last story spook me okay this one's also pretty um probably common or based on common horror stories you've already heard so this is called the cabin a hiker decided to go on a hike all by himself something he was not used to the whole day was pretty normal he enjoyed being outdoors in the mountains something seemed strange to him though um when he was making his way back to his car so the sky was getting dark and he needed to get back home fast um, what was odd is that he didn't recognize the trail back, so he began to panic. Um, all he had was a flashlight on him, and he had no clue on how to get back, so he was kind of worried that if he kept trekking through, it would get more dangerous. So he's wandering through the forest when he stumbles across a broken down cabin. So it was dark, it seemed like no one had visited in years, but he knew it was the only place where he could rest until daylight, especially since his flashlight was running out of battery. He knocked on the door a few times, but no one answered, so he let himself in. So luckily in the cabin, there was a bed fitted for one person. So he went and he crawled in there and he figured, you know, the owner probably won't mind since he's trying to keep himself safe. Is, so this, just, um, is this just the the three little bears or what is it? Goldilocks and the- Oh, Goldilocks <laughs> and the three bears. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's there's just one bed. <laughs> okay, got it. That's the only difference. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so as he tried to sleep, he couldn't ignore the collection of paintings around the room. Portraits of strange-looking people all peering at him, each wearing a smile that sent chills up his spine. Not too long after his exhaustion from the hike, he went and he fell asleep. The next morning, he got up early, and he was shocked to see that there were no paintings around the room but windows that's it that's a story <laughs> oh okay oh hey oh fuck that it just hit me no dude no i think i have heard yeah. this yes but i totally forgot about it so i didn't see that twist coming fuck that it no thank you you know what it gives? It gives the the story with the babysitter where she calls the parent and she's like, can you yes. please get rid of this creepy clown statue? Like, that's <laughs> Yes, yes, that's what it's giving, precisely. I don't know why. I guess because it's like, oh, it's actually a person. Yeah, I guess that's why, because it's a person all along, right? You think it's an inanimate object, but it's actually a person, and that just unnerves right. you. Ugh, I do not like that. Um, well, happy Halloween. <laughs> happy Halloween. <laughs> um uh thank you for that story shannon thank you listeners for tuning in to this surprise uh halloween episode special edition campfire episode of scary talk because i'm not announcing this before like i post this on the 31st i just i know i want to gag the children so um the one child (laughs) so i just you know it'll just be like a surprise post but um thank you for listening uh we'll be back next year probably or whatever <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> like six months who knows who knows maybe um yeah like 
Yes, just uh, expect the unexpected. It's funny because like if we keep doing like just year by year, at some point like we'll do a podcast one year, and then the next year we'll just like have kids. Like there will be a kid in the background. Like oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> Aging, <laughs> but it's like funny. Anyway, thank you for listening. We hope you like this. Have a fun, safe Halloween. Um, uh, get boosted. I know, very political. But um, uh, I had COVID recently. It fucking sucked balls. So I want to have it again. I just got my booster. Everyone, go get boosted. Uh, and go trick-or-treat or whatever. I don't know if adults are really allowed to trick-or-treat anymore without looking like creeps. I wish they were because I want to go out and get candy. Like, fuck my life. Why can't I get candy? I'm a child inside. Um... <laughs> So, but if you can, at least get together with friends and just do something fun. Celebrate the holiday because, um, as I was telling Shannon before we started recording, that's kind of what life is made up of anyways. Just like doing things that might seem vapid in the moment, but then you look back at them fondly and you realize that those were actually the real things that matter all along. The friendships that we made along the way. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Life was all about the sweet tender moments the joys and passing on the chain letter so that you don't fucking die i know don't not do not let me forget about clarissa girl because i'm not trying to die before i host my party i'm gonna send it to you right after this actually no don't actually no fuck you if you send it to me i block you it was enough for you it was enough for you to read it to me so do not text that to me um yes everyone have a happy halloween celebrate you know if you can uh don't just sit in your ass you know celebrate it it's just it's fun and we will talk to you when we talk to you. Uh, we love you. Thank you for listening. And adieu. Goodbye. Um, we hope you have a great Halloween, especially our one number one fan. Thank you. And yes. Goodbye. We hope you, Aaron, have a great Halloween. Go out to the <laughs> please. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.